keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effort Marks. King Dan St. Germain in the house. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what is this shit? No. <laughs> Stick to the old shtick. Oh, King of Sad Stuff. Man, one of the largest cows in the world. I'm here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaps. Oh, what's up? What's up? And Andy Cups himself, Robert Carpolis. The most positive man in professional wrestling. The most pot. You're right. I am. You just. I'm like DDP, man. You take a negative emotion, you just turn it around into a positive one. Let's get to the ten count. Number one. <laughs> I love it how you say the most positive thing in wrestling, and I'm starting off with this. Number one this week in Marty Janetti. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, Marty's in the news again. I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna read his uh, his tweet. Well, now um, you're stealing Zach's Zach's whole gimmick. Zach has been our Marty Janetti reading every. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, Zach, can you read it? Do you have it pulled up? Add Marty Janetti for you guys. Yeah, yeah you're. Uh, yeah, it's like Heath Ledger and the Joker. You know, you were born to read Marty Janetti's tweets. All right, you ready? Hopefully, you don't end up the same way though. Oh boy, here we go. Remember, this is not me. This is Marty Janetti. <laughs> dude where is dude, my like, before wait like before before zach reads this it really i mean it really takes a left turn at the very end like Go it straight goes, into the barbershop window it really like just when you think like okay i'm just gonna get away with a crazy marty Janetti status and not not one that's gonna shake my moral fiber uh don't hold your breath folks go on zach Dude, where is my phone? NYC, they jumped me and took me to the hospital. Parentheses, Jamaica Medical Center. I was in front of JFK Airport trying to go home. They jumped me from behind. I locked one of them up. Parentheses, arms stiff, waving at heaven. <laughs> thank, thank you for, for, for painting the picture, Marty. <laughs> When you in NYC and get jumped from behind, you probably getting robbed. The doctor apologized, said I mistaken identity. I liked him, was very nice to me. My boy, Nicholas Massey, came back and got me to the airport. But dude, where's my phone? P.S. Why, why Brianna Taylor got all that attention on mistaken identity? I got none. Is it because I'm white? Oh, no. oh my god! At the very end, just when you're like, "This is pretty sent, tame." Sent he... from iPhone. <laughs> 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 he, he wrote, "Where's my phone?" From his 
phone. <laughs> There's uh, so well, much to unpack. I mean, who? Well, believes- let me just start off with the obvious. Uh, this didn't happen. <laughs> I was just say, who believes Marty Jannetty could afford a plane ticket? That's the first part of this that made no sense. I also like how Brianna Taylor's his go-to when it should be Rick Moranis. I mean, this is Rick Moranis's story. <laughs> How how pro wrestling is it that he's pissed that he didn't get as over as somebody else in terms of getting jumped and attacked? Oh. <laughs> that's that's the part he's the most bitter about. Oh my god, dude, he's just got. And what was he doing in New York? I did hear that somebody saw him at a bar in New York like two years ago. He's just hanging out. So no, well, what he used to do is some bar in Manhattan. Uh, every month would show the pay-per-views. Remember they used to do that? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, I remember that. And he would go and hang out and just like, you know, a very Virgil situation where he'd be like, I hope somebody recognizes me. And obviously people did. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, crazy. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know the show was going to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he have his merch drinks. with them or is it just to get free booze? I don't think Marty has merch. I mean, white under he'd like, yeah, Sharpie. he'd pull like, yeah, he'd pull like a bandaid off and hand it to you. <laughs> that guy doesn't wear band-aids. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just kind of nuts to me that he, he really, you know, there's just, there's just every time there's a rock bottom, it turns out there's actually rocks under that bottom. Like there's just a new level of rocks every time Marty Jannetty throws himself through that barbershop window. But on the plus side, he didn't, you know, he didn't admit to murder. So, you know, this was just racist. It wasn't, uh, you know, it couldn't get him arrested, I don't think. Well, he didn't He didn't say what happened to the guy he choked out. That guy might be dead on the street right now in, in the middle of JFK. That's true. That's true. Because well, he has to put say, himself you know, they over. Say, they say de Blasio is letting the city go to shit. <laughs> you know, now Marty, Mur- murder and Marty Jannetty is loose on the streets. So what you're saying is Jannetty is going to run for mayor of New York? He could, he couldn't win in New York, but I think he had a, he would have a shot in Newark for sure. <laughs> he would definitely have a shot in Newark. How do you think this ends for Marty Jannetty? Oh, it's a happy ending for sure. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah. The fact that he's made it this far just defies logic. He's like the Keith Richards of professional wrestling. There's there there is no reason that Marty Jannetty is still above ground, and he's just defying everyone. Uh, and WWE wound up probably giving him another run at some point. There's no way they're going to give him another run. There's no. no way they're giving him another run. I do. I will say if somebody wrote the Marty Jannetty biography, I wouldn't read the autobiography because my head would, I would become dizzy from all the spelling errors. But if somebody else wrote it, I would buy that. I would pre-order that on Amazon or Kindle. I'd wait I, for I would, the movie. Wait for the movie. Oh my God. You'd win an Oscar playing that guy. Oh, sure. 100% when an Oscar playing. At this point, the only thing that's left for him is to do the bullshit wrestling thing of faking that you found religion once you've hit rock bottom. But you have to be a real piece of shit to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Stay what? tuned for number four. <laughs> uh, actually, let's, you know what? Fuck it. We'll move it up. We'll move it up. Uh, I, I do want to add uh, that Marty Jannetty did, like, was rebaptized, I think, by Shawn, by Shawn Michaels' church. I know there's a picture of him being dunked in the water next to Sean. When was this? This was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was like 10 years ago. I, I could pull it up now. 
Yeah, he's got to be dipped back in, I think. Nah, he's one DDP yoga away from turning it all around. That's true. He really <laughs> is. I mean, whose manager is he going to be in AEW? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this was uh... – Dude, this was 2004. This was 16 yeah. years ago. That was that was when he had the that amazing return, when he had that match with Kurt Angle, and everyone's like, holy shit, Gennetti can still work. Maybe they can hire him back. And then that lasted for, like, three weeks. Yeah, but he still wore his gear it. from, like, 92. They did it at the pool at the uh, Radisson in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very pious, very religious. Speaking of religious, number two, Joey Ryan has found God and a team of lawyers. Uh, he, look, I, I have no idea what's true and what's not true about all the Joey Ryan stuff, but I do know um, <laughs> if uh, if you're if you're going to sue uh, your company, your former company, for ten million dollars for defamation, maybe it's not the week to post the picture of you being baptized by a priest or you being an altar boy, and also. If you're being accused of sexual misconduct, maybe ca the Catholic Church isn't the church to lean on. Maybe, maybe, maybe you go for Episcopalian. What did you guys think looking at this status, Scott? Well, remember he was resurrected. We we saw him resurrected at uh, All In. That's right, the penis re resurrection. Yes, the penis resurrection. Which I I really do. How long was his contract with TNA? It, it, I mean, they they had him forever, right? Yeah, they, 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 he signed a long-term contract over there. But the, the 10 million, it's, it's where, where's the math in that? Because TNA is probably worth what? Like, how much does a moped go for? <laughs> <laughs> Robert, what did you think of this? I mean, it makes sense. He, he'd be, he'd be a Jesus fan. He's all about guys who like to, you know, rise, but, uh, I think this is this is the, again that classic. How many wrestlers did the the fake uh, "I've found Jesus" and then something horrible winds up coming out about them after? Uh, this this is him shielding himself literally in the cloth because he was accused uh, of all these supposed uh, you know acts under the Me Too movement and is now suing anyone that has anything negative to say about him. Joey, I love you. I think you're a great guy. I love working with you. I, I, it's cool. You stole my tater tots that one time. I've totally forgiven you. Um, it, it's, it's weird. Like $10 million seems like the magic number. The woman is suing Matt Riddle for $10 million. Now Joey Ryan's suing for 10 million. It's just like, that's the great, it's like the Jim Cornette, like that's your fake number you go to for lawsuits. Like, I'm well, finding you $2,500. Well, well, how does a thing like that work? Like, why, why would somebody sue for that much? Because he hopes it lands somewhere around $1 million? Like, how does that even work? It's, he, they calculate out all kinds of ridiculous damages, and they say, all right, the, the length of the contract that he would have gotten would have been X. The amount of TV exposure and the ability that he'd be able to charge per date would be X over the life of the deal. So let's say it's a five-year deal, and he could say, look, the, the massive exposure I'm getting because for impact that airs on, I don't know, VHS – uh, is going to mean that I could earn $3,000 a day doing personal appearances, and you've cheated me out of this by taking right, right. television. They just that, make up a number in the hope that you're going to settle, and they know that it's laughable. When that I was guy an sold active, merch. When that I was guy an sold merch. When I was an active alcoholic, uh, he did sell merch. When I was an active alcoholic in college, I uh, stole my uh, Irish roommate's cheese 
and ate it. And then she gave me like a bill for psychological damages at the end of the semester because I ate all the cheese. Anyway, I hope she's doing well. Uh, number, number three, one year of AEW. They, they, get, they, they got through it, man. They're doing pretty pretty damn good. What, what do you guys think about the, this first year of Dynamite? We're going to go into the one-year anniversary celebration soon, but uh, what would you give this year as a grade, Scott? I mean, it's been a weird year for a company to start. Holy shit, what, 75% of it hasn't had an audience, right? Right. So think about when it started until the virus started and how unfucking real it was i mean what there was like one or two not good episodes uh, around christmas time and then they turned it around i mean there were so many great moments uh in aw and even even during the pandemic i think it's definitely been the best running show i, I i'll say that's not saying a lot i think wrestling kind of just sucks in general during all this shit um but yeah, I, I'm glad it's here. I, I do enjoy it. I, I think they still have a ways to go for sure, um, especially as of recently. I feel like uh, he needs to reel some people in. Tony needs to uh, needs to realize that you know if you got a guy like Miro, you, you, you can't let him just be who he is because he's clearly a fucking dork. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I would have I would have given this year an A, but last nine definitely bumped it to an A minus for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I might have to give it like a B plus for the, its first year. Is uh, no, okay, A minus for its first year. A minus. I would say A minus is fair, but yeah. Robert, how about you? What would you give it? Let me get see if I can predict Rob. I'm gonna, I'm going to predict that Rob's going to give it a B. No, I'm going to give it a B plus now, just to spite, uh, just to spite you. Uh, I think that they've done they've done a lot of positive things. I think they they to some degree they caught a break with the pandemic just because they didn't need to continue to prove that they can sell tickets. I think AEW was the hot new thing at the beginning and when they went to certain cities you had to be there. I think as it started to, you know, progress along, they would have hit that lull. And the first time that they would have started having shows that didn't sell a lot people would have started to panic. Instead, they could push the pause button and they put on pandemic shows that are better than what WWE was putting on for a long time. Those empty uh, performance center shows that WWE were doing weren't as fun to watch as the Dynamites. Yeah. And Dynamite or AEW has now become the company where people want to go. They, they've taken the cachet of the people who say, I want to be able to have a pure wrestling match for Ring of Honor. You can do that in AEW. I want to be able to have the creative freedom I have an impact. You can do that in AEW. And every time WWE seems to do something stupid, like now with the Twitch thing, AEW seems like greener pastures. Uh, I think that the, the challenge they're going to face is the more that people want to exodus over to AEW is not just becoming a revolving door of guys from other companies who are looking to have their shot. So it's, it's, a, it's a B plus with an asterisk of, things can get better or things can start to really nosedive in a hurry over the next year. Well, eventually, you know, I mean, there's just, there's only so many companies, like there's only so much uh, wrestling that people can watch, right? There can't be a fourth company that comes out. You know, you have, you have impacts, like, you know, as a, as kind of like a, and ring of honor as small dogs in the fight, you have new Japan and you have AWWE. you can't have another one. And, 
eventually, you know, I think you're seeing too with guys like Matt Cardona and, you know, like there's only so much you can do once you come, you know, once you come from WWE, it's like, you got to make a big splash or else you're just going to become another guy, which is why they left WWE. But there's, I mean, there's just, there's just, there's just not enough meat and there's a lot of sharks, you know, but I, I thought it was a really good year. I mean, I think now they've kind of both figured it out. You got like the Thunderdome is definitely better than the empty arena. Oh, and yeah. you have, um, you know, dynamite. I mean, the more I, I you know, I, I actually, I don't know if this is, if you guys feel this, but I kind of liked it better with dynamite when there were less people. Like, I don't like the whole, the back, like the nosebleeds being filled up with people and the front row just acoustically. It does. I don't know. It's a little jarring, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, and maybe it's just because I've been seeing the New Japan shows and they've just been clapping, so it it sounds a little bit better. Uh, I don't know. No, this looks like a minor league baseball game, and, and right. that's, that's part of the that's part of the problem they have. Though, to their credit, one year in, they're beating NXT in the ratings. Uh, right. They're they're killing it for for TNT. They've got their their toys are are out in Walmart. You can buy them. They've got video game deals lined up. Um, they're they're doing everything right for the most part and when they have had missteps like the i'd say the matt hardy injury or, or that whole pay-per-view that they did they do seem to find a way to to kind of recover and and pivot well i think bull i mean honestly like people were like you know people were ragging on wwe's numbers on raw but like if you look at like the, the nba finals got half the numbers that it got last year it got half you know so like everybody's getting hurt by the pandemic and in comparison proportionately wrestling's doing a lot better than most other i mean like you know like i think baseball's down hockey was down basketball i think football hasn't been hit that hard but and ufc did well and then it started to plateau again but yeah i mean everybody is kind of getting hurt because of this number four aew dynamite one year review show I think I fucked up the. Uh, I think I'm dyslexic. But uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think of the show, Robert? We'll start with you. I thought it was a good show overall. Uh, a couple of weird decisions in certain points, and I thought I thought it started to peter out towards the end in a, in a little bit until the the, the closing moments. Uh, the FTR best friends tag match was was good. It went to what we talked about. As long as FTR has a good team to work with, they can have an entertaining match. And I think this has continued to show that best friends uh, give them a lot of uh, options going forward. Uh, Cody Orange Cassidy, we said, was going to have some kind of non-finish. It brought back all the problems we've had with Cody, that he's not really a baby face. He's not really a heel. He's and triple. putting... Yeah, exactly. And putting him in there with with Orange Cassidy uh, was a was an odd decision. Um, obviously, I love the MJF Jericho bit with the going out for the steak dinner. I, I'm, oh, I'm a sucker for it all the time. Uh, the the main event they made Archer feel kind of sm uh, small potatoes. He felt like he was a transition guy to get to the Eddie Kingston feud, but Kingston killed it on commentary and that post show uh, promo where he attacked Moxley was was money what do you think scott yeah i i i actually i i really did enjoy the main event i thought the women's match was um was all time awful <laughs> uh i thought it was really really terrible i did like the, show for a... the other literally like at the same time you have a tony storm 
match and a Candice LeRae Shotzi Blackheart match, which were yeah. fucking awesome. Man, and yeah. I, I, I think a similar thing with last week, where last week was Jericho's 30th anniversary. This was the one year anniversary. And so you're expecting something eventful. And it just didn't feel like that. It just felt like an episode where they would also mention, oh, it's also this without really coming through in any way, uh, which kind of bummed me out. But yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it enough. Um, I did not like how Moxley, you know, so Moxley took Archer's finish and then did the roll up, which yeah. I'm always fine with. I'm always, I'm always fine with like an immediate quick thing happening, but then to no sell it and just stand up immediately really pissed me off. Uh, like, you know, lay there beaten up for a minute and, and, and let, you know, Eddie Kingston come out and start talking to you well, and, and maybe I, I help you up. Because and, that's because they were rushed for time. I mean, our, our friend of the show, Mike Lawrence, brought this up. That fucking Sheeta Big Swole match went so goddamn long. Uh, and again, you have this main event of, the, of this match. And I don't know if you saw the New Japan, you know, uh, Moxley and Archer matches. They were fucking tremendous. Yeah, so they they're have to follow those matches. And they just have so limited time to do it. And they're going to do an angle at the very end. I, I love I loved Kingston at the very end. I, I wasn't as high on him on commentary because I felt like at times he was just kind of hit, hitting the bullet points of the feud rather than being in the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, this show in general, you know, I love the Jericho, you know, MJF stuff, but I don't think F, FTR, I think, is really good, but they're not as good as they think they are. <laughs> Like, if that makes any sense, like, I think they're a very, very good tag team, but they don't have when they, you know, we forget that in NXT, they were working with Mustache Mountain, they were working with DIY, they were working with these teams, you know, um, American Alpha, like these teams that were, you know, out of control work rate wise. And, you know, they just don't have the, that same depth uh, on their tag roster. They just, and, and, they just don't. I also think that's like a worry I have when it comes to, the, the the big feud that, you know, the big match they're going for, which is the Bucks versus FTR, where both teams haven't really shown us in a minute that they're the best. And so the storyline is going to be who's the best. And it's just not really there for, for, for either of them. I'm not saying that they can't be the best. It's just they, they haven't shown it in months, months. Yeah, well, the I mean, Bucks did have that match at Revolution, but that was, you know. It was February. Yeah, that was February. I mean, they were great at double or nothing, but that was a different type of match. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, yet to see them have a, since I've joined the podcast and been watching it, I've yet to see the Bucks do anything particularly like blown away impressive. I mean, have they had a match since you've been on the, like, the, they've had a couple, but nothing. Yeah. yeah he, he was here for Jurassic Express. They fought yeah. Jurassic Express the last year. a pretty good match. It's just not not enough wrestling for them to uh, again it's like um, unless you know who they are before you watch this why would you give a shit about them i mean i'm a bucks fan but i've been watching them for a few years now like as someone who's just watching AEW in its first year why the fuck do you give a why do you care about the young bucks i mean they're they're on the show less than maybe anybody it's such a Sorry, what were you saying, Robert? I was going to say, it was also strange because no no representation from Kenny Omega or Adam Page on no. the one-year anniversary show. To and just that's why I watched the show, is for is for Kenny and Adam. I hate to be the, this guy, but I just think the Bucks are a better team to see live than on TV. Like, when I saw them live, I saw them at the um, the G1 special in Long Beach. And, I mean, it was they were a fucking blast, man. And they were interacting with the crowd, and it was... 
you know, they were just a lot of fun. And, and that, that magic is just, you know, it's like when you hear somebody's a great stage actor and then they do an episode of law and order and you're like, Oh, this guy won a Tony. I don't get it. Um, that the, the whole super kick party thing that they say I, that that was real. I mean, I would go to ring of honor shows and uh, me and Khalees went to a ring of honor show once and you know, they closed out the show and it feels like a fucking party. Like they really had a good ass time with the crowd and it's a blast. And you can't really replicate that, uh, you know, in, in this situation. Maybe that's why they're they're off TV because they know they need a crowd. Otherwise, they kind of look dumb. No, I just put two and two together. They are fish. Yeah, uh, I, was, they, I was about to say, yeah, to say Grateful Dead, but yeah, it, it's it, the Grateful Dead fish. It's one of those things where if you listen to a fish album, it's fine. And but people who love them are fanatic, and it's because you go and see the shows and it's an experience, and it's something that can't be replicated. And uh, that's that's that kind of for me sums up when I think of the Young Bucks. I think that the aura around the Young Bucks is bigger than who they are when they're when they're on television. Which begs the question: Why didn't Man Mountain Rock work? It had all the aspects <laughs> of a superstar. Because you never saw him live. I never saw him live. You're you right. You never saw him work forty-five minutes in uh, you know Shreveport, Louisiana, <laughs> with against that. Duke Drose. Sweet WWF new generation guitar. That guitar is pretty fantastic. It was pretty good. I really, I would fucking love to see that backstage video that he made that got him fired. I would love to see that. Like he did like some sort of like, you know, like, um, like, 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 you know, like poison backstage, like, like all this footage of the European tour of all of them getting fucked up together. I mean, there's no other video I'd want to see more than that. Besides the uh, fake murder of Osama bin Laden because he's still alive, we're not going to unpack that. Number five, the WWE draft review. I'm going to pull up. Uh, should I read the roster? <laughs> that that seems like a lot of work. What did you guys think of the draft? Um, who, who, who do you think ended up uh, being the strongest brand? I was a little disappointed that NXT wasn't drafted. I thought they were going to draft, but uh, I did think most of the choices were. We're pretty good, you know, for the most part. Um, I, I like Seth and SmackDown. Uh, they didn't they didn't make a ton of big splash trades. Uh, I thought last Friday's show was very good, which we'll talk about. Um, you know, Rod's tougher. It's three hours, and it, it, did, it did kind of drag a little bit at the end. What, what did you guys think? I think we need to stop blaming three hours for Raw being bad, you know. Uh, I think it's just bad. There's It's just a really bad show i mean whoever they drafted it raw doesn't feel like it changed somehow and smackdown does which is very weird because raw needs to change but you don't have you don't have guys that matter and so what are you going to do with it i like that ray and dominic are on smackdown i i think you could have you know instead of drafting drafting them together i i think you could have had a storyline where you know, Dominic gets drafted on SmackDown and then Ray gets drafted on the Raw episode to SmackDown and, you know, the family's rejoicing. And then all of a sudden his daughter gets drafted to Raw and you're like, what? And it's like, oh yeah, I signed a contract, you know, whatever, like do something with her because I mean, they clearly want her to work there. And so sign the girl. And then you have at least like a fun storyline because right now you, all you're doing is, I mean, what, they had three great storylines this year. And Ray and Seth is one of them. And now it's like, well, hey, let's show Fox that. 
That's all it feels like. It feels like we're going to get a repeat of what we saw on Raw because nobody watched it on Raw, and so now they're going to watch it on SmackDown. Well, they still have stuff. They still have to pay off the Buddy Murphy of it all. I mean, on Raw. No, they moved Murphy to SmackDown. Oh, really? Holy shit! Yeah, he was one of those like uh, they tweeted at two a.m. while they were drunk, and they're like, "Murphy's on SmackDown now." So, so, so again, I mean, look at that. It's, it's, it's this thing where you have one good thing on Raw. And now you have to tune into SmackDown to see the end result of it. I mean, you still have Randy Orton promos. I mean, that was probably the best thing of WWE in the past year. Those promos were fucking fantastic. They're fine. I think Come I was going to be. Man. You got to give you got to give some credit where credits due. They're fine. I mean, they they were they were awesome at first, and now it's the same thing over and over again. Night vision goggles, bro. <laughs> Robert, look, as the seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticators, I said Kevin Owens was going to wind up on SmackDown. He, he's wound up on SmackDown. AJ is going to wind up on Raw. Miz and Morrison are going to wind up there to promote the USA Network show. And just like I said, you need Miz and Morrison on Raw because they can eat up a lot of segments. And they ate up a lot of segments on Raw. So for the for the creative team, that is a that is a gift from from heaven. Um, and with every gift, there is a curse. And that curse is Lars fucking Sullivan. Um, I don't, I don't know what rock he crawled out from under in the Thunderdome, but he needs to go away forever and ever and ever. Um, he does I, he, look like an angry thumb. I will say that he does. He's like, have you seen that commercial? That John Goodman commercial for like a for like slot machine apps, where it's like a finger with John Goodman's face on it. It's fucking disturbing. <laughs> and they aired that on network television at eight o'clock at night. And I had nightmares. So fuck you. Whoever came up with that app. He let his little tiny grays come in. So he says, great. It's like, he's even less appealing now with these tiny little gray hairs. Like he, 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 you know, he, he wrote all that stuff that was racist and homophobic and misogynistic. And then and it came out and they, they put him away for a while. They didn't fire him because he's tall and you, you can't teach that. But they sent him to sensitivity training, and then he knows he's coming back. And then this whole thing comes out where he was harassing this yoga instructor that he hired, uh, where he was soliciting her to send, you know, nude photos. And the strangest part of all this is she wrote back to him basically like, I've asked you before, stop doing this. I'm going to ban you. And then the strangest part was she's like, I, you know, you shouldn't do this because obviously I know who you are. Which is weird that anybody outside of wrestling knows who the fuck Lars Sullivan is, which is the only part of that that Vince McMahon took as a positive. It's like, Lars is over. People know who he is. We need to put him back on, on if TV. If he wasn't a draw, she wouldn't have said anything. It just bums me out watching all these much more talented people having to put him over, which highlights all the negative shit that ever happens with WWE. Look, I have a solution. Uh, WWE obviously wants to get one over on Cody. Give Lars Sullivan the gold dust gimmick. He's perfect for it. He's already known as the freak. Gold dust 2020, baby. Gold dust 2020. Uh, Scott, I want you to admit that The Fiend had a good match on SmackDown. Uh, I got, I got, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, it was, it it was, was good. good. I mean, I know good. you can say Kevin Owens and all the heavy lifting, but. I mean, legitimate heavy lifting. <laughs> it was the it was the best Fiend match in a long time. And then that moment on Raw when Fiend and Alexa Bliss showed up and the lights went out and they both hit the whatever the fuck that move was 
on Zelina Vega and uh, Andrade was a cool moment. Yes. So they there are the, slight, the cum shooting out of Robert's dick right now. <laughs> the screen is just covered. Um, no, I'm I will say a gimmick that. I don't even love, but go figure. Um, no, I, okay, I, I I will say that. I will also say this: I didn't mind the trading of the tag belts, which I saw a lot of people complain about. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. What are what else are you going to do in that situation? There's, I agree. I think it, I think the people had a because. I think that the, the thing that people bumped up against was that like, oh, they're all black guys that, you know, have a fun time. It's interchangeable. You know, I think that if there was any criticism, but, I, you know, I thought the you know, it was a fine segment backstage. It was, I hadn't seen it before, you know, yeah, I mean, it wasn't t- t- getting the title from Bischoff. And, and the, it like none should be more important than the other. They're both the tag titles of the brand. So just switch them. Who cares? It's not like it's, Oh, I have the twenty four seven title, and I switched it with the intercontinental intercontinental title. It's the same shit, and nobody gives a fuck about these titles anyway. So why are you acting like you give a shit about these titles? It's just consistent with the storyline. Nobody cares. I will say one of the best moments of this draft, a, a thing that I, I hate long term what they did, but the moment when they split up New Day, and Xavier Woods was yelling at Stephanie like, "You didn't say Big E's name. You didn't say B-. it was this great." tragic moment and it was that whole Vince thing of like you're making movies it was a very emotional thing to see play out I think in the long run it's not going to last they're going to realize you you can't separate these guys you need to put them together uh because you're going to water it down but that that little moment was a great gut punch and that was but, something they pulled off effectively and 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 look they they uh broke them up without breaking them up and that was and that's you know and I mean if there's one thing that the you know if, if one po- the most positive thing to say about the draft is they, I mean, nobody wants to see like Xavier Woods hit Biggie in the back with a chair like Seth Rollins. Nobody fucking wants that. So I thought this was the most effective way to do that. Uh, number six, we're going to revisit Halloween Havoc. And it's time to spin the wheel and make the deal, baby. They're bringing that stipulation back. Johnny Gargano versus Damian Chris Angel Priest and Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. My big question is, will they bring Cheatham back? And is Cheatham dead? I haven't Googled whether or not he's dead. I'm assuming he's dead. Uh, are you guys excited about uh, spin the wheel, make the deal? And what stipulation do you hope it lands on? What were the options? I was trying to read some of them, but it was in like spooky writing. <laughs> I tried so hard. <laughs> match option. Oh, I'm going to read Match options revealed. For spin the wheel, make the deal. Uh, it's the TLS match, tables, ladders, and street fights. What's the S? I don't know. Trick or street fight? Oh come on! Coal miner's glove on a pole, buried alive whoa, whoa, whoa. match. What was that? What was that? that was my pick, by the way. Before you got I, coal miner's glove on a pole. What does that mean? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of the physics that exist in professional wrestling, but the single hardest object on the planet is a coal miner's glove. And when you get that and you put it on, you can knock someone out instantly. I think it was Sting and Jake Roberts that did it for the spin the wheel, make the deal years ago. They have built up the coal miner's glove as being the ultimate weapon. Uh, clearly, you hate coal miners. You hate any blue collar worker. Uh, you're an elitist. And, and that's why you don't know about these things. Those of us from the streets like me, uh, we know how, how tough a coal miner's glove is. 
my thing about this coal miner's glove, I didn't think that there would be any available because Trump was supposed to bring all the coal jobs back. And I guess he didn't. So take that, Mr. President. Yeah, what have you done? <laughs> all right, so uh, buried alive match, I said casket match. Bikers chain match, Chamber of Horrors. There's no way it's going to land on Chamber of Horrors because that's got to be an entirely uh, new setup. Boil, or I think anyway, boiler room brawl. Weapons Wild Match, Blindfold Match, Devil's Playground, which is uh, actually uh, the code for Jim Cornette's basement, and Shotzi's Choice. Uh, I, I predict they're going to pick it. I predict it's going to be a Buried Alive match and uh, a, 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 a Boiler Room Brawl match. Definitely not going to be the Boiler Room Brawl. So interesting thing. So years ago in MLW, we ran a Boiler Room Brawl in Orlando. Uh, and they so they sent me the crate and they go, oh yeah, we're doing a boiler room brawl. I'm like, guys, we're in we're in fucking Florida. Nobody has a boiler room, but we advertised it. It was MVP and low key. So we shot it at the at the hotel we were staying at this fuck this Clarion Hotel, and we used every conceivable space possible to make it pretend to look like a boiler room, because nobody in Florida has a fucking boiler room. So the fact that they put that on there, unless the performance center is moving to like New Hampshire for this, uh, they're they're not doing that. I don't think they're That's doing really- buried alive either. I, I think it's going to be a casket match. It's easy. It's an easy thing to do, and it's Halloween themed, and that's what we're going to get. That's where they should have brought Lars Sullivan back. Just have him hanging out in the blower room the whole time. Oh, I'd love that. The blower room? That's <laughs> oh, a boiler room. I had a problem with my L's, Robert. Number seven. But maybe that was one of his videos that he made online <laughs> years ago when he was doing gay porn. <laughs> and you know. I don't know if you've seen the video. Uh, I, I watched it for research. Uh, it's mostly kissing. So you really can't da- botch that. Dan texted me after he watched it and he was like, it's kind of sweet. I don't understand why he's getting a <laughs> for it. Yeah, because when I look at Lars Sullivan, the first thing I think of is he looks tender. Yeah. He's a gentle lover. Yeah, he's like, he's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, it's time to check in with the Far East. In Scott's New Japan oh, Corner. Oh, oh, what up, man? I, I know you've been watching the G1, and uh, oh boy, was this week fantastic. We are down to the wire uh, tomorrow morning. Whenever you're listening to this, you probably saw it already, so I'm sorry I don't have the results yet. But the A Block finals are tomorrow. Um, Saturday are the B Block finals. And then Sunday is the finals of the G1 tournament. We are going to find out who's going to Wrestle Kingdom to fight what we're assuming is Naito unless Dick Togo somehow wins it before that. Um, everybody, I, I recommend that you watch the October 10th uh, episode. I don't care if you got to steal it from somebody. If you got to go to Chinatown and, 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 and get, well, that wouldn't make any sense. J- Japantown and get it. Uh, you got to be politically correct. But uh, uh, every single match, Dave Meltzer called it the best two and a half um, hour uh, wrestling program of all time time and and you know he has no bias and no fetishes <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> uh it, it was absolutely fantastic um kota Ibushi versus suzuki it was headlined by okada versus shingo takagi unbelievable stuff and by the way i would like to point out that yesterday was aew's one year anniversary but today is the anniversary don callis uh pointed out where the deal was made uh, where it was set that Jericho would be fighting Kenny Omega 
at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, what was it? Thirteen, I believe it was, or twelve? Yeah, I don't know. Twelve. Um, which, in my opinion, is the reason. Well, no, it's Tony Khan's. It's the reason that AEW exists is because Chris Jericho went to New Japan, fought Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, and people realized, wow, we could have a wrestling company in America. Um, all thanks to New Japan, again, the greatest wrestling promotion in the world. So, uh, yeah, please check out the G1 Finals. And next week, I, I will be, uh, I will have a full recap of the uh, G1 Finals. And they brought up Archer and Moxley on Dynamite last night. So, yeah. I think you're going to see a crossover. Well, also, Cody, uh, Cody did say that you will never see, Cody's such a fucking dweeb, man. He said you'll never see a, a straightforward um, cross-promotion show because uh, he respects AEW, the company itself, too much to do that. Which, what? Uh, Robert, can you defend that? What That's the exactly what I said last week, though. When you guys talked about the New Japan yes. AEW thing, I said it's not going to happen because AEW is, is going to be convinced that it's going to somehow tarnish their brand. Yes, and that's and what Cody said. Cody, big fan of the show, obviously. He, he's listening. It's why he dyed the hair blonde again. Um, he, he, he heard. He said, fuck, that makes sense. That's why we got we to gotta protect our, our integrity. Yeah. Cody did the very political thing where they asked about an AEW New Japan um, relationship. And he said, it's very clear there's, there's already one in a sense. Jericho wrestles there sometimes. Moxley wrestles there sometimes. And it's like, fuck you. Give me Kota Ibushi. Uh, uh, during a commercial break in picture-to-picture. I want Tanahashi in picture-to-picture. I want Joey Janela versus Ishii. <laughs> Ishii just fucking breaks him in half. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I want it. Number uh, eight, the new dark side of the ring topics have been revealed, at least a couple of them. These include... Uh, Grizzly Smith and Jake Roberts. I don't, I don't know if that's the same episode, but uh, boy, if you if you if if you if you if you got the bottles of whiskey, drink them up for that one. Uh, Brian Pillman. Do a Jake episode. Uh, they're doing, I think, a Jake and and Grizzly Smith. I thought they already did one. I guess. Well, no, they haven't done one. That was beyond the mat. Uh, and Collision in Korea, which is probably the most fascinating story wrestling story i've ever heard so i'm excited to, to check that out if you guys were doing a bright side of the ring what would you pick is there what feel good stories if pixar had to make a wrestling story what which one would they pick i i got it um so it's all the other episodes you've seen before but uh good news they all went to heaven <laughs> they're all in heaven now <laughs> uh robert mine would be a short one but it'd be wrestlers who live past 40 um <laughs> i think that's that would be the feel-good story for professional wrestling uh any professional wrestler who made it past uh past, not modern guys that doesn't count we know about health and all that other shit give me the guys from the 80s and 90s who made it to 41 uh, yes. that would that would really lighten up my uh see Nikolai Volkov <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of you almost want to see like 
Yeah, like uh, Jimmy Wang Yang's uh, starts his limo business. <laughs> something, <laughs> something that complete where they completely leave the world of wrestling. I do love that the world's oldest wrestler, and it's just like a sixty-eight-year-old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought Magnum TA was the happy ending story from that era? <laughs> Number nine, John Cena is the new voice of Honda, and he got married this week. Big John Cena news. Uh, Zach, are you? Are you disappointed? Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Are you guys ex- are you guys excited about this? And uh, what other re- two questions? Uh, do you think w- Do you think John Cena? When's the next time John Cena now comes back to wrestling after getting married? And uh, vo- if, if there were some other wrestlers to uh, you know, be the voice of other car companies, who would they be? Robert. So I think Cena will be back when they're able to the, the first full capacity live show that they're able to do. They'll have him go out there in the ambassador role to, to go out there and give the big rah-rah speech, the, the rock after 9-11 kind of speech. Uh, have him go out there, represent the company and, and do that. Um, I'm a little betrayed that John Cena is now the spokesman for, for Honda because uh, when, my, when my account first started, I made a joke about uh, if they wanted to smuggle Cena into the buildings, they can just have him smuggle in a Hyundai because no one's going to notice that. And he replied almost immediately saying Hyundai makes a, a fantastic car for its value and is, and is a really impressive thing. And that's what led to my account first blowing up. So uh, I, I think John Cena could be the spokesman for Honda and Hyundai. And he's got that kind of clout where he can get away with it for both of them. I'm going to go and say Grizzly Smith as the spokesperson for unmarked white vans. I think <laughs> that would be a good Scott has somewhat disappeared. I hope, I hope Janetti didn't grab him. Um, well, let's get to number Can't 10. See him. He's like John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> good old crusty JR. I don't know if you guys checked out this status, but this week, Jim Ross, I mean, he just posted a picture of some blonde girl cleaning his house. I mean, Scott, you're the first one. Scott, you're the one who gave me that, uh, that JR picture. Scott? Yes. Yes, I'm here. I, I, I was just lost for a second. No, it's okay. I'm you're back. the one who sent, uh, you sent that, uh, pic, that, that tweet uh, where JR tweeted a picture of that girl just cleaning his house. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the next day, he was like, he's like, you guys are so sensitive. Uh, it, it was my buddy's girlfriend cleaning it. And it's like, uh, okay, well, this makes it better. How? Yeah. He's going to be fat. He's going to be like fat. Like they're going to find him in like the, the, the Laker girls locker room. And he's going to be like, it's a bit, it was a bit. <laughs> I guess for him it would be like the Oklahoma Sooners or whatever. What's going on with him though? You think, you think that's like, because I I heard that the reason old men get creepy is is actually like um it's like a dementia thing. It's isn't it a sign of dementia? You get no, like it's a sexual? sign that Blue Chew is way better than any of us had no. <laughs> like like that has brought him back. <laughs> yeah, I've always been so curious as to as to what it is that makes an old man so creepy. Well, it's just because you're unfuckable. You know, it's like unless you have a lot of money, you're unfuckable. Scott, yeah, you're looking so at this just... the wrong way. The, 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 the highlight of this is that Jim Ross, as an old man, knows how to use a cell phone. Like, he knows how to use a camera phone better than most of our parents. Uh, got a great shot of this woman without her noticing. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the positive piece of this. 
as the new most positive person in professional wrestling. Yes, Jim Ross is a terrifying, creepy old man who, if he was alone in his apartment with this woman, this would be a next season of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, <laughs> but on the plus side, Jim Ross figured out technology. Well, I think that just... he should have his own brand of body lotion called Lighten Up. I would love to see that. J- JR, man, it's, yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's wild, dude. He's, it's, it's wild. And uh, what's going to be wild is this Sunday when our Patreon addresses your guys' questions. Is that right? If Patreon members uh, tweeted us. Also, just tweeted us, uh, tweeted our account, and we'll, answer, uh, and we'll answer your questions this Sunday. We'll be back next week. week uh, the Patreon the week after that, we're going to be reviewing Hell in a Cell. Some fun stuff uh, coming up. As far as uh, me, you can follow me on Instagram, Dan St. Germain. You can also follow Toll F and Marks on Instagram. We got an Instagram page uh, where we'll be posting uh, fun little memes now and again. Fun little memes. I sound like somebody's like mom trying to get them to hang out with their really unpopular son. But uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, man, check. I got, I got videos on my website and on Instagram, so check. I mean, I don't know why I sounded sad when I said that. Uh, got dark in a hurry. Got dark in a hurry. It's just whenever I just talk about my career, matter of factly, it gets dark. Uh, Scott, how about you, buddy? Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. This last episode that uh, just happened is my favorite one that we've done on Patreon, and I'm guaranteeing that this next one is gonna be better. Uh, also buy our damn t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com um, I believe there's a link to it right you said that um, yep, on our Patreon yep. follow us um, on Instagram now I'm also going to be posting some stuff on there I know I posted something a little while ago before we started recording um, and have a damn good day Robert uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. I got to figure out how to use the Instagram thing so I can start posting stuff as well. That'll be, that'll be fun. Uh, just a reminder, since we're a few weeks out, if you haven't done so yet and you're over the age of 18, uh, make sure you go and vote. Um, it's, it's your civic duty. It's important. And if Biden wins, I kind of want to see what Andrew Yang does to the WWE. So that's kind of a perverse, fun little, uh, little thing. Um, so uh you know, if you're over 18, become uh, become one of Sonny's only fans. You know, why not? You know? Yes, do that too. Maybe more important than the election. I would say it's more important than voting. Absolutely, yeah. Zach. Wash your goddamn hands, especially wash your goddamn hands. Thank yeah, you. Especially after voting this time, definitely wash your hands after <laughs> voting because man, the decisions, the decisions. <laughs> Just, I mean, at this point, I know everyone said this, but like. If you don't know who you're going to vote for at this point, like, I, I forget who had that tweet afterwards that was like, <laughs> I don't know, I like them both. That was the funniest tweet after the debate. Yeah. Oh, so man. good. All right, guys, uh, we'll see you next week.